0: Ladies and gents, boys and girls, welcome back to the Vibing and
1: Striving Podcast. My name is Hassan. And my name is Joe, and today it's a very special day, but I'll let Hassan tell you why because it's his story to tell. So go on, mate. Boys and girls, this is an
0: absolutely banging day. It's the first time we've ever had a guest on the podcast. And we are joined by Moya, a model on Instagram with almost 90k. We'll be talking today about how she's seen her perception of herself change over time on social media, as well as some other interesting things about her, how she took three years out of education before going to uni, which is definitely relevant for a lot of people right now, including me, because I'm about to take a gap year myself, so we're going to dive into that. But Moya, not to put you on the spot, but just uh, if you wouldn't mind, give the, uh, give the listeners a little rundown if you know what it is about who you, you who you are yeah
2: well thank you so much for having me on your podcast um i am a model and a student i recently just graduated from doing my degree in psychology um i'm now about to start a master's at king's in psychology psych- oh my god i forgot my degree for a second it's like <laughs> such a mouthful psychology and neuroscience of mental health so yeah i've been modeling for like eight years now i think um yeah Grew up near Manchester, wow. moved to London, lived in different cities, lived in New York, Paris, um, worked in a few places, travelled the world a little bit. Big fan of Gap years.
0: Mm, <laughs> I'll give you guys a quick rundown of actually how how I actually came to being on the show. A Little quick story time for you guys. So, I was in Ibiza with my family, not with mates. I was with my family, okay, and um. Believe it or not, that's a bit restrictive in terms of what you can do. I mean, my curfew was like midnight, (laughs) if that, so uh, no partying for me. But um, it did not stop me from going out in public, you know, in the daytime. And just chatting to whoever I felt like really. And uh, I went over, I went down, I was walking down the beach. (laughs) And Moya just happened to be, uh, just had to be, you know, having a nice sunbathe on the beach. And I just went over and spoke to her. And then three hours later um we're like best friends we played volleyball it was uh it was it's was, it was absolutely fantastic you know exchanged some contact details and now we're here on the podcast would you look at that
2: yeah
0: if i never went up to her that day this would not be here so you know what you got to take risks boys and girls sometimes you got to take risks
2: you do and i was very hungover yeah. that day as well i was like just trying to sweat it out you know
1: <laughs> but
2: then i looked at the clock and i was like it's been three hours and you know t- um, uh, hassan taught me how to play volleyball we did you know we talked about a lot of things so it was good
0: it was very deep very deep down the conversation yeah it was actually and but now i feel we're like here. more
2: likely to open up to strangers than i feel like i'm quite good at meeting strangers i'm i don't know i'm quite a chatty person i always end up meeting strangers and then end up telling them half my life and it's quite nice
0: yeah i really Mm. i thoroughly enjoyed it that's why i was so excited to have you on the podcast but let's just dive into it so i want to start um with your views on on social media because i mean these days right social media is becoming more prevalent than ever and Mm. i would like if you don't mind i would love to hear your insights on you know how your life changed and how people saw you maybe differently or maybe they saw you the same as you became you know more popular on these platforms?
2: Um, so, when I originally downloaded Instagram, I was about 14, and I feel like I used it just to see what my friends were up to. I'd post photos of my dogs, of my food, and it was a like very wholesome app. I feel like it was... I didn't follow all these celebrities. I don't think a lot of celebrities really had Instagram at the time. It was brand new. Um, I mean, I just loved to seeing what my friends were up to, and it was mainly just like my school friends, really. And... I had like a very small following um and then once I began modeling I obviously was there were being I was being told you know you need to use what uh your platform and sort of put your photos out there of work so then it was more of an importance for me to sort of use it to get work and use it to network with all these big people in the industry but I mean social media I feel like I love and I hate it at the same time, like I think it's such a cool app, especially Instagram I think is the number one at the moment, like it's always, it's so easy to spend hours on there, not necessarily using it for the right things, I think you've got to really be conscious of that and what you're spending your time consuming on the app, because it's very easy to sort of get caught up in other people's lives and you know, you're posting like the most amazing photos, they have the best lives, A super beautiful Mm girls and women on on these apps and it's very easy even as me like to sort of perceive other people as having the best life and compare my life to that and I know for a fact that girls must look up I don't want to be like a bad role model to anyone and it's such a hard thing because on one side I'm like obviously you want to make yourself look good as a model to get potential future jobs but then you've also got responsibility to sort of be a human and be normal and be sort of relatable so i feel like i i don't know like i've gone through loving it hating it loving it and even now like when i'm having a bad day i feel like i do spend more time mm-hmm. than is healthy on the app and for what you know you can't get back that time at the end of the day so i think as long as you're using it responsibly and you're aware of it i think just being aware of it and now there's TikTok, which is even more addictive than instagram like the videos just play and you just go, okay. And then I feel like I spend a lot of time sometimes just on that app and you come off it feeling like you've wasted an hour. So yeah, social media is interesting. And I think now than ever, like it plays such a big role in like modeling industry, especially at castings, mm-hmm. I get asked, how many followers do you have? And for me, I don't even think about, imagine if there was 90,000 people lined up looking at what I was doing like, every day. Like, that's mad to me. Like, yeah, I still can't believe how many followers I've seemed to have gained recently. Like, do you it's sometimes? Just weird.
1: Yeah, I was just quickly to answer. Do you sometimes get a bit cautious of what you post? And because I'm guessing with 90, almost 90k, if you post a certain photo, are you scared of getting judged? Or you, there must be these kind of you know thoughts in your head. And how do you combat them?
2: Yeah, definitely. I think it's, I don't know, like, it's about being, like, not offensive on there, and, like, obviously I wouldn't post anything. Like, I think uh, when you talk about politics on there as well, it can get really heavy. Like, I remember talking a lot about free Palestine, and I've actually visited Palestine, so it's, like, a movement in my head that I'd need to voice and, you know, to be- make people become aware of. But I remember posting a lot about it, and even some of my friends and other people, the strangers watching it would, would have something to say about whatever I was posting. Mm. Um, but at the end of the day, I feel like, so my mum's just calling me ah sorry <laughs> decline um yeah I don't know I feel like I've I'm quite I feel on one hand I need to be responsible but then I'm at the same time I'm like you know what I'm human this is my view and I, it's important that I voice that I don't want to I want to use my platform for the right reasons and even if that offends mm. people at the end of the day that's not my responsibility to be like I feel like that's... Uh, I watched a video recently about it, and it was saying it's not my responsibility to be... Like, if something offends you, then that's your problem sort of thing, to a degree. Do you know what I mean? Yeah. If, if seeing a beautiful girl or seeing what I post or anything like that, like, that's your responsibility to moderate that. Like, I don't look at other people's photoshopped faces and blame them. Like, it's something within yourself. Um, mm. But yeah, it's easy to... I mean, I remember when I was like, years ago, I posted a photo of me in the club, like, very drunk, and my agency were like, okay, you should probably remove this, like, this isn't going to be good for your image, and at the time I was like, I don't care, I look like fun, like, I was in some cool sunglasses, like, fuck it, you know, like, and then I was like, okay, that's, you know, I can understand why they were sort of saying, to so maybe not pu- publish photos like that out there, but, yeah, I do have mm. a private account for just my close friends, where I post random shit I <laughs> would not be on my main account.
1: And how did you get started in actual modelling, and you know, when did you notice you had a love for it, or so to say?
2: Um, so I got scouted when I was 15 at the Birmingham Clothes Show, and I got signed to an agency, no, I was 14, and I got signed to the agency, and they basically were just like, do you want to come to London, we're going to set you up with test shoots, so me and my mum would just get the train on the weekends from school and sort of... Test with these random photographers, and then I wasn't really sure where it was going. They were promising me these big things, like, you know, you're gonna be doing this campaign, you're gonna be doing this, it's gonna be amazing, you're gonna be making so much money, you're gonna have a great life, you're gonna be jetting around the world, and they do kind of over exaggerate how great and glamorous your life is gonna be, because modeling in the reality is not glamorous at all. Um, so yeah, I started doing test shoots, and then one day they were like, oh, um, Prada really want to buck you for their, comp- their campaign, and it's going to be shot in New York. Um, can you go? I was like, <laughs> yeah, let me just take some time off school. <laughs> um, How old were you when like, you said that? Uh, 15, yeah, I think 15. So me and my mum flew to New York. Uh, it was an amazing experience. They put us in a five-star hotel in the city, and... It was in this beautiful manor house just outside New York. It was amazing, like top team of professionals, like biggest photographer. And I obviously didn't realize the capacity of these people. I thought, oh, you know, it's whatever. It's just a normal day of modeling. And this was obviously a very much like a big deal. So as soon as I had done that campaign, I sort of came back to London or came back to near Manchester where I was living and they were saying, oh, when can you move to London? Like, when can you sort of be in the city like available for all these jobs? But uh, yeah, at the time I needed to finish my A-levels, I needed to start my A-levels and finish them, which was two years. So I had to decline quite a few jobs, but I'm really happy now that I stayed in education because I know a lot of models that have probably just said, you know, I won't do this, I'll just finish my GCSEs and sort of go for it. But I think when you're in a role of the studying system, it's good to just finish your A-levels and yeah, Mm -hmm. it was all quite crazy at the time.
1: Yeah. Yeah. I have another question that is pretty similar to what you're talking about and it's like how did you, because you were saying about how in your, your, when you're doing A-levels you kind of, if you correct me if I'm wrong, but you just, just, just stuck to A-levels and you did modelling, you didn't really do modelling that much, and but then now I'm guessing, well you've just finished um, uni, right? Mm. How did you balance modelling, because I'm guessing when you were at uni did you start modelling again? So how did you balance the work life with all this uni work? Because I'm guessing your course is pretty hefty and as well. The, and the social yeah. side, is it? Social life as well. And the... So, yeah, exactly.
2: <laughs> I don't know how the hell I did it. I feel like almost doing online uni, I suited that lifestyle so much more than being in. I don't know. Some people, I'm sure a lot of people disagree and be like, it's way better. Like, I can understand both sides. There's advantages of being inside on a campus and not being, you know, just having a laptop and doing it in your own time. But for me, I think just... Having the freedom to just be on my laptop, and also uni was three th- three times a week, and modelling would be modelling is very weird. Like you can have jobs every day for five days, and then sometimes you won't work for like a month or so. So you just never know exactly how your schedule is going to look. Um, but if I missed a lecture or something, I'd usually just ask a friend to like record it or send me their notes, which was really really good in the end. But um, Yeah, I feel like online uni has suited me a lot more and having the freedom to just go and take my laptop to like a co working space. And then, even if I get booked for a job, I can sort of. I never really. You know what? I'm such a hypocrite. Like, I'll be like, oh, I'm going to work at the job. Then I bring my laptop or bring my book or whatever. And then I'm just like, I never. You can't fully concentrate because obviously there's like so many things happening around you that I just feel like there's no point in, in saying to yourself, you can do uni work at a job. Like, you just can't. There's just so much going on.
0: Hmm. But yeah. Don't want to make promises to yourself you can't keep.
1: Hmm.
2: No, exactly.
0: But to follow on from that, um, I have another question. Um, so, as you started to gain traction on social media, um, do you think anyone kind of viewed you, like people you knew personally? they won't like start to view you differently or treat you like a different way knowing that, Oh, now she's starting to get clout or whatever you want to call it.
2: Yes. Yeah. A hundred percent. I mean, my school friends, I feel like, I feel like some, a lot of people, I don't blame them. But I just feel like they don't get it in terms of what you can post online. So I wouldn't really, it's very much like I only post photos of myself. And this is because you're online. It's your online portfolio. Really? Like obviously you can, you can post whatever you want but at the same time I know what gets the best likes I know how to engage with followers and like build my platform at the end of the day which is what I want to do like I'm not actively really pushing for it but you know I do make sure I yeah. upload a photo of myself once a week or whatever just like subconsciously I'm like you know this gets likes this gets so follows but out? I do think friends as well I think when your social media grows you kind of have to be aware about like, who wants to be in your life because I feel like as soon as you tell you put in what your Instagram is, maybe people will view you in like a different light. And I'm quite conscious of that. I'm, I'm conscious that people maybe say, oh, and then I put my Instagram and they're like, oh my God. Like, I think it's, it's easily done. And you know, I think I i would be the same if I, if I didn't have this following, maybe I would be the same. Um, but for me, it's obviously normal now. Um, but yeah, I do think it's, I don't know. I think a few friends in the past I've had have been very much like, wanting to just tag me on things on videos on stories and be like look do you know what I mean it's like I don't think yeah, myself yeah. as anyone special or anyone I don't have any extraordinary abilities like I'm way more impressed with people who are like really intelligent or like really into science or do you know what I mean that's way cooler than just being an Instagram model I think mm, I don't think it's such on. a big deal
1: would you class yourself as an influencer
2: no not pers- like not personally I think other people class me class me as an influencer like what oh, pardon me <laughs> Let's cut that out. I think I, I don't know, I've worked with a lot of brands and done like social media partnerships with them, which is really cool. But at the same time, I'm like, I will only do that if I think a brand is cool. And I I believe in the brand ethos. Like I don't just do it willy nilly for any brand Mm. that's like contacting me. But it's hard. I don't really know like, because like, do you charge people for this? Do you, do you know what I mean? I, I think to be an influencer, you almost have to have an agency who guides you. Purely on influencing, whereas model agencies they don't have anything to do with that. Whereas you can get an influence agency nowadays, which can kind of, which can kind of support you in if you want to work with certain brands, then they can set that up for you.
1: Yeah. Well, what do you think? I
2: if can't you could see how sound video. Influencer?
1: Sorry. Yeah, me too. Oh,
0: my battery's um, died. Don't worry, just keep going. I'll fix my battery.
1: Okay. I was going to say, it's alright. What do you think? What defines what an influencer is in your eyes? If you could give just a quick description of what you think an influencer is, and why you don't think you are
2: an influencer. For me, it's oh, just God. someone who works with brands continuously, like every day, and like mm. influences other people in their marketing strategies. So they're kind of like use this use this code or stuff like that, and it works with Pretty Little Thing and Boohoo and fast fashion brands. Like that's in my eyes what an influencer is, but. I guess anyone can be if you're influencing other people and their choices they make,
1: but I don't mm. think I
2: am necessarily. I don't think so. Yeah. I don't have any. You saying that I don't think. Maybe if I post something you, like here I am at this cafe, I don't know with people.
1: I Don't know, but maybe if you model and you tag a brand, then you're influencing people to go to that brand because they want they, They're following you for a reason. I don't know. It's interesting. Yeah.
2: True. But I just never know how much engagement that gets.
1: Yeah, I never hard. know. I'm thinking from a because obviously everyone has a clothing brand and I'm thinking from a little Brands perspective, which mine is, you know, just started it last year. And how do you even go about contacting influencers? Like, do you DM them? Do you? Yeah. Do, do you like email them? What catches your eyes? Um, how many emails do you get from brands? And for me, as anyone like, you know, what would what would you say yes to a brand deal what would make you go that's a brand that i want to work with
2: i think if you like the brand and you think it's really cool like that's most of the time why i say yes especially if it's a clothing brand that's cool and something mm. i would buy myself personally then absolutely and if people are nice and you can relate to them like i've had a very awful experience with one brand and she was just really unprofessional really, really horrible especially when you're gifting it's no obligation to post the only yeah. time someone is obligated to post is if it's paid and there's a contract set out. So I think some people are very unprofessional and don't know the difference between gifting, and then, you know, you're sort of you have a contract written out. But um, yeah, I'd say if, if the brand's really cool and relatable and something I would I would personally buy, and then I think DMing is probably the best way of going about that because then it's just like you can see it on the Instagram, you can see the, what the whatever they're selling, just nicer mm. and it's a bit more casual than an email and yeah. uh, i just got emailed by do you know that um what's it called happy pods the earpods you know the earphones oh yeah yeah, like, yeah, re- yeah actually i used to have a pair of those when i was a bit younger and they were like oh we'd love to send you like wireless headphones it's like do you know what sure because my airpods die every bloody mm. day so <laughs> I so, so cool.
1: if i was a small brand
0: I've got a question. I want to bring it back to um, when we were talking about people's perception uh, and how they change when they figure, when they find out, you know, so like, this is quite funny, because you know? I actually experienced this firsthand when I literally met you. So we were talking for about, I don't know, an hour and a half, and it didn't even cross my mind. Um, it crossed my mind was like, when you were a model, I was like, oh, so she could be famous or something like that famous then, I love our model is like
2: famous it's like I'm not famous like
0: potentially like I was just like
2: and she then be like because
0: I'm not gonna lie right um you see these people on Instagram right and I don't it's probably a bad thing but I kind of had like a um ingrained perception of what these kinds of people would be like but that was just yeah. like that was kind of just destroyed when I met you because I didn't even know for like an hour and a half. I was like, oh, wait, she's actually completely normal. Why did I think like this? Yeah, it's refreshing, <laughs> you know? But, uh. It's interesting, yeah.
2: yeah.
0: It was definitely, um. I don't know. I, I don't know if I would say that I, I looked at you differently. Or well, I-, I guess I did look at you slightly differently, but I wouldn't treat you any different, to be honest. Now that I'd, now that I'd already spoken to you, I don't know. It was, um that's the first time that i've been in a situation like that where they were just um i mean I, it happened actually another time where i met this one guy who's italian and after talking to him for like a day i didn't realize but he's got like 1.5 million on tiktok oh, yeah. i just oh had no God. idea i was like oh right i thought he was a normal guy <laughs> i mean he is a normal guy yeah. actually he is a normal guy He just he's just famous on there but yeah i think I don't because know. i've
2: been in london around so many people like that like i think That now it's just like, I think it's almost normal for me just to meet so many people that have like got big, big followings on Instagram. And it's not Mm. like, I don't see them any different, do you know what I mean? A lot of people I know have got loads more followers than me on Instagram and I don't Mm. look at them. Mm. I think of that as their job, do you know what I mean? I think of that as their job and that's their source of how they're making money or how they're getting either their models already or something in the creative industry or whatever. I don't look at them as any different but I can understand 100% when maybe when I was younger or when I was like sort of new to London I feel like people do change and I, I've you know you see it a lot I think I think it's weird I think it's mo- mostly when someone does approach you or wants you know will have a conversation with you then it gets to like oh what's your Instagram or something and then I just yeah. like, always get this like sensation that they're gonna think oh my god they're gonna have this view of me that's like maybe because I'm a model like that I'm bitchy or that I'm mean or Mm. just a bit I think I've had that a few times when someone goes oh before I met you I looked on your Instagram and and I thought you were like looked really mean or like you left you had like a I thought you were going to be mean or I thought you were going to be not like you are because I'm obviously quite sociable and quite extroverted I I think people almost think of me as gonna be I don't know mean I guess
0: yeah, you oh, can't you man. can't you can't look at that online persona as the real thing. That's what I've yeah, finally yeah. understood. Like it is a complete facade of what the actual person is like. You can't compare the two.
2: A hundred percent. And also some people might online post that they're out every day and they're doing this and like and then in real life a lot of them are very shy and very introvert and very you know, not how you would expect someone's online I, I think a lot of people that make TikTok videos and stuff like that, I think. I, you think of them as going to be super, like, in your face and, like, you know, hilarious. And then in real life, you're like, ah.
0: You know? Yeah. It's a bit of a <laughs> show. Because it
2: can go the other way. It can go the other way as well. Because I don't feel really, like I give away so much of my personality on my Instagram, to be honest. And then in real life, I feel like I'm quite a big personality. But it can definitely go the other way. And that someone can be quite boring. Does that what I mean to say?
1: Boring? <laughs> mm. no, nice. Nice. No. Oh, I've got a question. Boring. Because... <laughs> i would say because obviously what you're doing and now you've got a top shop you know you've got your are modeling top shop you've just been featured and well done for that it's amazing by the way Thank absolutely you. amazing um and from the outside in it's, it looks like from at least my you know my position you're doing a really good job you're doing amazing you're smashing it but i would say from where you are now where where do you want to go from here you know what, what are your goals and ambitions you know what inside your job but you as a person as well
2: um inside my job i just love it where i am at at the moment but for me it's something that pays money allows me to travel a bit well did before covid um but yeah i'd love to work with like big beauty brands like that's sort of my goal in terms of i was supposed to be going to new york at the moment but my visa's been put on hold i'd love to get like some big beauty brand contract or something like that like i don't know something that i'm i'm quite interested in beauty and makeup like as it is so i think something like that would be really cool But again, I'm not pushing for it. I'm just sort of going with it. And I think modeling is something you can't really work towards a goal necessarily because it's completely down to luck and who they want at the moment. It's not something that's like, maybe if I work out a hundred times or maybe if I change my head, it's not going to happen. Like, different brands want different things. And at the end of the day, you're not going to fit a criteria for every single brand, you know? You might go into a casting and you think it's gone really well. Most of the time, they won't buck you. Like, it's literally just luck. So I don't think I have much say in what I get to do as a model or yeah I mean obviously you can speak to your agency and they can push you for things but it doesn't necessarily mean you're, you're going to do something but times terms of my personal life obviously doing my masters I would love to just like help people going through mental health struggles in the future I'm not exactly sure what in yet I did um I've already done a bit of experience I work for a charity called OCD Action which helps people with OCD and like advises them of where to look when they're in need. So I did that for about a year. Um, but I, I love people and like talking to people and yeah, I'd love to help other people who've also gone through like mental hardship because I personally experienced like some depression. I had some eating issues when I was first started modeling and come out the other end, fortunately, but I know a lot of people that are still going through some rough shit. So yeah, I think Mm. that is what my personal goal is at the end of the day. Whether that's in counselling yeah. or working for a charity, I think something to help people. Like for me, I'm not really super like driven by money. Like I, like obviously, sometimes I, you know, <laughs> I think oh it would be great if I could if I had money, whatever. But a lot of the time, I think it just comes around. It's it's like energy, you know. It's it's mm. not something that's ever set. And I don't know. I'm very fortunate in my position to say all this, but I you know I yeah, understand that people you know money is important, but. It's not something that drives me in life, I'd say. Like, for me, I'm I'm much more content if I get to, like, make memories or travel. Like, that's, for example, Mm. I don't really... Like, I bought bought a designer bag, like, two or three years ago. But then, (laughs) I don't know. I would much rather, like, spend my money on plane tickets to go somewhere Mm. than materialistic stuff. But that's just me. Like, everyone's different.
1: I think that leads us on to nicely about you took a gap year.
2: Yes. Yep.
1: I, I was about, just about to get about to it and go on, but you know what, he's done it for me, so I take it away, just Joe Jacobs. Go ahead. Um, I was gonna ask you, because I think it's a very prominent thing to talk about right now, very relevant to people um, or audience listening in, as people might be thinking, you know, about taking gap years next year or this year. Um I know Hassan might right here is thinking about it so he's pretty much ready. made I've already said off. that
0: the Feral request at Kings, I'm gone. Yeah. I'm out. Do it. So yeah, I've already sent
1: you it. You it. Had a place of so kings. Yeah. Amazing. And now you've, yeah, boy, well, you, before you've just taken a gap, exact, oh, well, exactly, and then you've taken a gap here. So, what was the reason behind it, and how do you, how do you think it went, and do you think it was worth it?
2: Um. So I remember I did not know what I wanted to do. I didn't even think about uni necessarily like I remember getting pressured to apply to unis and write a personal statement and I went to like my head of year and I was like I do not want to write a personal statement I do not want to go to uni like I couldn't think of anything worse because I just spent like the hardest two years of my life doing A levels like GCSEs were hard really hard <laughs> and then it was like two years of A levels I wanted to quit in my in my what was it called A2 I was like I am finding this so hard this is you under so much pressure I feel like I was under way more pressure doing my A levels than uni. Like uni for me wasn't the same. Like uni was because I liked the course and I, you know, I kind of. It was really fucking hard. But A levels, you have pressure from all teachers, you have pressure from mm. your parents, you've got I so can much relate. pressure, Um also you don't know yourself super well. I think like yeah. I don't know. I think you're under pressure in terms of your life. It's such like a big turning point. I think they hype it up to be like the be all and end all, and like. You must choose really your best do. universities, you go to your open days, and everyone around you is doing it. So you naturally are like, oh, well she went to Oxford and did this. And you know. And then you start thinking, oh my God, like I need to... I don't know, I think it's because you're aware of everyone doing it and working so hard. It just breeds this like really intense environment. But so for me, I was like, I do not want to go straight into studying. I just wanted to either one travel, I wanted to travel basically. So I was like, I'm gonna move to London Ask my agency if they can book me jobs abroad, or at least you know try and push me. And then like, I want to go to Paris a bit. I want to go to New York. So yeah, I just, I just said, hey, I'm gonna just take some time out. And I wasn't really sure how long I was gonna. I didn't really wasn't really sure what the hell I was gonna do to be honest. One knew was that I wanted to move to London, and that I finished my A levels and then went to New York for that summer, which is really fun but also terrifying when you're so young. But um, I think you just gotta because I feel like with A levels with uni. Yes, you do become, you know, more confident as a person, you've got it you learn life skills, but then I think through a gap year, you just learn a lot about yourself and you learn life skills, I would say, because whatever you do in that year, like whether it's, you know, something to, do, you get a job or you travel or, you know, whatever you do, I think it's just different from what other people are doing, isn't it? Like the same, your school friends or whatever. Mm. so for me yeah doing gap years was something that I feel like I learned a lot about myself and I grew up really quickly like I remember calling my mum like how the hell do I use a washing machine and stuff like that (laughs) but it's also just different I don't know I think you just find your path in life and it I don't know it was just so much fun I feel like I just wasn't Mm. in the right like headspace to go straight into studying and then the like through doing that I was like, okay, now I think I know what I wanna do. a few years later I was like, you know what, I'm gonna I'm gonna do a psychology degree, which I've loved. But at the time when I was leaving A levels, I was like, I do not have a clue. I didn't even love psychology that much when I was actually doing it for an A level. It was just like then I'd started reading books into it on my gap year and then I was like, Oh, this is actually really interesting. But yeah, I got to travel the world a lot, which was really fun. So that is also yeah, I don't know, it just kept on going and then I was like, Oh, maybe I should yeah. go to uni now but also uni went so quick and now it's like oh my god it's like another part of studying but now that i'm Mm. i feel like i'm just a bit more of a confident person like i used to be so shy and not yeah at school especially like i didn't i got bullied at school a lot so i didn't really find i think that really put me off the studying environment i was like i do not want to be like i hated it i was like everyone was just annoying to me and the boys would call me Golem, and every- <laughs> everything was just like, it was just not fun. I just didn't like it. School for me was just like, not good. I just, yeah.
1: Were you were your grades good?
2: I got three Bs, so I was very happy with that. Oh, I was quite shocked. Cause I was like, because I really wanted to quit. Like GCSEs yeah. I found quite, I wouldn't say easy, but I worked hard and got the results. Whereas in A-levels, yeah. I remember just losing the love for school, losing the love for the courses and and then just being like oh my god what the hell am I going to come out with because I think mentally I was just going through a lot like I had a lot of like anxiety and depression like I was not feeling great and Hmm. I think there's just so much pressure and then it's just such a weird age group I just don't feel like I was happy and there's almost like you're just figuring it out like relationships and life and who are your friends like who are your friends like at that point you're very like because you have your school friends who you're you physically sit next to you at lunch, or you just sit with them. But then it's like, then you leave, and you're like, oh my god, you know, you have to put in effort. And for me, I think moving to London was the best thing I did because you just become a, diff- you're allowed to be a different person. You can express yourself. Like, and at school, I just thought I felt very judged by people. I don't know if that was mm-hmm. like real or perceived because I was quite an anxious person. But I think especially when people at school stopped, like knew that I started modelling, I think that was a weird one, I started feeling a bit odd about that, and people would then treat me differently based off that, because before they would, you know, name call me and stuff, and then all of a sudden I was this cool girl, because I was, I got a modelling contract to work with Prada, you know?
1: Yeah. Sounds, sounds quite tough. Um, obviously, like going to London was a massive learning curve for you, which yeah. is great, I'm sorry for your little yeah. depressive phases and everything, that's, that's very, you know, I'm sure, but I'm sure a lot of people go through it, and actually thank you for opening up about it because I know you know I, I know I people that are going through it right now, so I know if they listen to that, they can relate to you for, in some ways and I think that's lovely of you and thank you again for saying that. Yeah, I, t- um, I totally
0: agree, honestly. There is, I mean, I can talk from experience as somebody who I'm uh, attempted to go down the Oxbridge route and oh my God, that workload, I want to get in the ridiculous. bin and stay there. Honestly, like everyone is just you're completely right it is like it is life or death if you get in that's how some people view mm. it and i'm just at a point now where i'm just like the things that i want to do in my life will not require a degree i want a degree for backup i don't want it i yeah. don't want to sit in an office i want to travel yeah. just like that i mean it's 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 kind of it's kind of heartbreaking for me at least seeing how much people care oh look i got into the number fifth i got into the fifth uni in the country I, I didn't get into the sixth one. Oh, it's so good i mean like it's just it's just a bit stupid in my opinion there's way too much hype yeah. around around it because uh, at the end of the day i mean if if i were to be if i were to look back okay at my entire life when i'm let's say i lived like 70 or whatever and i'd be like oh okay i went to this uni i went i went to cambridge all right sweet i didn't mm-hmm. go to uh i didn't go to kings cambridge is better oh great okay but Really, it would be about how I was as a person. Did I really make the most of the things that were put in front of me? Not really the status of going to this uni or that uni, and the pressure of your parents saying, "Oh, go to this uni, go to that uni," and then your relatives, everyone. I mean, especially the Asian families, right? Like people compare. Like I will get I will get ringed up from like an auntie that I haven't heard in like two years, and but like, what you get A levels? That is actually what happened. Mm. <laughs> oh my God. I, I'm, I'm just like fuck off, what? honestly. Yeah. Why do you care? And everyone gets compared. I don't know how that works in other cultures, yeah. but I mean, like, it's toxic. It is so toxic, and yeah. I just hate it. And I want to just take a break from studying,
1: man. I've been doing it all my life.
2: Yeah. And there's no time limit
1: on these things. Yeah. I mean, personally, I'm going to go to uni next year, just because. I mean, I'm doing. I'm going to Chelsea. I'm doing a fashion and textile um, course there so I think that it will it will help me in both me and my brand so I think if I can get it you know, out of the way so just over three years and then I'll I'll do whatever I want to do and then after that with a brand I think that it's sometimes it's sometimes worth like you guys are in such a fortunate position well I don't know Hassan, I can tell you Hassan at least you're really in a very fortunate position where you've got number one you've got backup plans if something goes wrong in the gap year you know I mean, you've got your maths business and you've got your trading as well and you had modelling to assist you on that journey. You know, if, if, say, a person in, that didn't have those go into a gap year with not a lot going for them and without a plan at all, I think they, would, they could easily fall into a different kind of pathway from where you guys are going and where you've been and where Hassan is going, in my eyes, at least, because if you haven't got a plan and if you haven't got, like, a kind of money trickling in to support you... I mean, everyone has a different situation, obviously, but I think that it's it could be harder for others and you guys are both in a fortunate position that you both worked for and a very fair, you know, well done. Um, but I think other people could find it a bit harder. As yeah, well.
2: definitely. I think that's the thing. I think funding things. And I mean, even when I first started modelling, I couldn't support myself. So I've worked in like a hotel. I've worked in a cafe and, you know, these things I feel like were important and like, I, I didn't love it, but I don't know. Mm. I think it is important to obviously make money yourself and, Support yourself so it becomes especially living in London, but also there's so many ways of making money nowadays. I just started reading up about trading um, and stocks and putting money into that. Yeah, I need to speak to Hassan about that.
1: You need to speak to Hassan about (laughs) that, bloody
2: hell. It's so interesting though, I think because I think my parents are just like they're very they don't do that, and I never got told Mm. about that. or... They mm. were very like, you don't put your money law into law a law savings account law. and stays there and stuff like yeah. that. And you don't get taught about it. It's not talked about in school, even, when actually it's, it's quite not. important. And, it, you know, yes, it's a risk, but. I Chuck it into a, a
0: savings account and just let your money rot. <laughs> mm. <laughs> I <saw> it, earning I <laughs> uh, earning like what? 0.01. I earned like 5p interest last month. I was like, oh, well, that's really working there. No, I mean, definitely. um, I mean, I do a lot of investing myself. And why it appeals to me so much is the fact that what I do have saved, my money will work for me. It won't just be sitting there dormant. That's what I like about it. And my plan, for me at least, is to just scale up my investments to the point where I can live off of it. And I won't need to actually, like I physically, I can just sit in a room all day and I'll make money. And I won't have to actually, I could just live off of it. That is my plan because then I can go find all the on things I want to do. Yeah, that is exactly.
2: It. Mm. I think eventually I'd want to, I want to buy like a small property and like rent it out to students mm. or something. Yeah. So I think definitely. that's a great, yeah. good way of making money. But it's a lot safer as well than other mm. stuff. No. Physical, yeah.
1: physical, th- physical assets, definitely a lot safer. Yeah. I've got a question. Um, it's been one that I've wanted to ask you for the whole podcast and before it's very you can answer it as deep or you know you could choose it's up to you too but I think what advice because I know a lot of people are like our age a bit maybe a bit older a bit younger and I know that a lot of people that I've talked to you because I told people that I'm having you on and they're really excited and a lot of them are future aspiring models future inspired influencers you know they're kind of in your area of work so to say but I would and they're quite—they they young women as well. I would ask you if you could give just—you can list as many or as few as you want—but pieces of advice that you would give your younger self. Now you can talk both in modelling-wise and as actual like a, a young woman growing up, moving to London and everything like that. You can answer how you please, but I think that that's a quite an important question to talk about. That's quite an interesting. Discussion.
2: Um, I think just have more faith in yourself, like and belief, like belief is a very strong thing and I think if you can see yourself physically doing all these things and reaching these goals that you have it's just so important because I was always very shy and very much I didn't have a voice and didn't I was very confused and lost in terms of what the hell I wanted to do um I think so many things are possible like if it's to go on holiday somewhere you've never been like you can do that and if it doesn't matter how big or small the goal is like I think belief and confidence, I think, working on my confidence was the biggest thing I did, honestly, because I used to just be that person that would get so embarrassed so easily, like, especially when I was young, a bit younger, you know, I'd fall in the street, like, oh my god, no, like, oh, I can't buy this in the street, or, I'd get very, <laughs> I think I judged myself a lot, I was very harsh towards myself, but now I'm literally like, who bloody cares, like, <laughs> everyone's got their own exactly. lives. And we'll also focus on ourselves that actually in the street you don't really notice or think maybe you walk past someone and think, oh, that's a bit funny. But you wouldn't actually go home with that thought. You'd, like, forget it straight away, you know? Mm, So I'd say just use your platforms and use your voice on there and be vocal about things that you you believe in. Be opinionated. So many people will tell Mm. women to, you know, not have a voice or just be a bit less. And, you know, you get labelled as bossy or loud or this or that, and I'm like, you know what, life is short, like, you don't get anywhere by by sort of, um, what's the word, yeah, you don't. so, yeah, also just go out there and and do whatever you want to do unapologetically, like, you can do all these things, and when people say you can't as well, use that as like a, I actually can, so, just watch this face, yeah, I think that's the thing, it's a challenge, and if it was easy, then it would be worth working towards, you know, so... Everything if it was you want. easy, everyone would do it. Yeah, nothing is going to be easy as well. Like they're all going to be challenges. But I think that's the best thing. Like when you can see your progress as well, and I think it's about the process. It's not necessarily the end goal. It's like the process. It's like how you get to that and what you feel when you're going through it. Like even my degree, I was like, I hate this. I can't do it. Towards writing my dissertation, yeah. I got a first in my dissertation. But I, at the oh, end, damn. I start to oh, believe no, in it, done. and I was passionate about it. I was super like when I was writing it, and I didn't overthink it, I just sort of re- wrote it down and got my mum to read over it, and then that was it, I was just like, I need to move on, I can't <laughs> get stuck up with thinking about how someone else would view this. But I just think, you know, I just imagined getting that first meditation, and I got a first meditation, like, you know, I think it's a lot of like, I don't know, I've gone, I think I've blabbed a lot, but. <laughs> no, no
0: you're fine. good, you're good. You're really good. This is really what I need for a podcast.
2: When you yeah. talk about motivational, <laughs> I just know I yeah, think a lot of people I just ne- need more self-belief and self-confidence.
1: Definitely, I definitely agree with You can that. never be too much. You
2: can never be too much. I think, especially in the modelling no. world, I used to be so shy and so much. And Now I'm just like, hey, I'm Moya. Take it or leave it, this and I can move on. Me
0: exactly. <laughs> Got to have and uh, have humour. Have humour and
2: everything. Have humour. Find bad yeah. days like humour is the best ways of dealing with something shit you can always just find something to laugh about yeah. and then that is just you know makes life easier
1: for find sure. i think if i give you some advice find like a solid group of friends that like i was going to say that don't t- judge you what's on my and week. like <laughs> <don't> we're <know>, <laughs> on the same <laughs> way i
0: was going to say that if
1: you didn't talk <laughs> yeah exactly that's what i was going to say but like find someone that loves you unapologetically and like is there for you no matter what like i know like Cringe it is. Hassan's gonna be there for me no matter what. Like yeah. that's a lifelong friend right there, and me to him. I think find someone that really, really pushes you and empowers you and just believes you and no matter what. And if a decision is really good, he'll tell you or your friend tell you. And if it's not so good, they'll tell you as well. You know they Honesty. just want they're not the best they're not a yes man. They, the yeah, they're not a yes man. Like the, the amount of times where Hassan will ring me up at like seven in the morning and be like, mate, what are you doing? I'm like, I'm sleeping. Don't do work. Yeah, you know, I mean, I'm just push me on. And stop so my like that. Yeah,
2: yeah, find domestic. friends
0: that don't that, drag you down, that just want to... That's that. not a regular... I, I, I don't ring him at 7 every morning,
1: right? That's not a regular thing. You ring me at 8.30 every oh, single morning. Yeah, I'll check how you're doing, 8:30. innit?
2: Can you ring me at 8:30? That's nice, nice, nice.
1: <laughs> I mean, if, if you want, <laughs> I can make that <laughs> <laughs> I can
0: make that a regular thing.
2: Yeah. <laughs> it's nice I no, that. I
1: actually like it. It's really nice. It's really nice. It is really nice. But, but also, yeah, like, again, be your yeah, own sort of best friend, I feel like. Do you know what I mean? Like, I
2: always... I feel like just from having friends I've maybe had fallouts with or whatever like you've always got yourself at the end of the day like the second week I was in Ibiza I stayed on by myself I was like I just need like I just love my own company (laughs) as much as I love socialising and I love my friends but I I think just to be okay in your own company and and, like that's something I've definitely had to learn the last year or so just to be content with being on your own and and realise that you learn a lot from just being on your own and your own thoughts be okay with
1: it I would say that you're not, when you're by yourself, you're not lonely. Learn how to yeah. be, you know, don't attach loneliness to being actually alone. Because you're not. Because if, as soon as you do that, you're blocking out having, your, you know, time with yourself to like, yeah, time with yourself to be with yourself, I guess. But I think that's a, it was a lovely episode. I yeah. think that it has. It's now you know we've gone a bit over, but hey, that's that is, is what it is. Yeah. We talked about a range of stuff. We've talked about we've talked about the whole of your life, really. What you how you got into modelling, moving to London, your mental struggles, um, everything. Where you where you are right now, where you want to go. Gap years. I think we've talked about a lot of things. Come below, you guys. Yeah, um, enjoyed the episode, I guess. And has to add anything on? It's been an absolute pleasure, boys and girls. First guest for been an absolute pleasure for the guest. podcast. Thank you so first much guest for, for having the podcast. me. And, No problem. Would you wanna? Would you wanna? I think we should let um, let you end on something like a nice positive note, because we always we always end on like a nice positive note for the audience.
0: I think we just did, to be honest. I think you just did that. I think so. Yeah, you just. Yeah, I mean, thank you so much for
2: having me. I think it's important to discuss what we've talked about and never see what you see on social media as being reality. Always take everything Mm. you see with a pinch of salt and.
0: Easier said than done, but But you got to try.
2: Just try, yeah. Stay positive. And reach out to people when you're feeling sad. It's best, mm, best advice.
1: Very true. <laughs> That's lovely. Lovely way to end it. But anyway, and gentlemen, boys and girls, that was this episode. Hopefully you enjoyed the first guest. And we will see you soon. All right? See you, boys and girls, in the next one.